Amen. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Two things before we get started. Uh, last night we had a good time. Thank you, uh, Eric and Daphne and Timothy and Sabrina for setting up last night. It was good. We did uh, several devos on the hour. Uh, Eric did a great job talking about making decisions uh, for the new year, and I appreciate that. I appreciate the uh, thoughtfulness of not only having a good time, but uh, making it a spiritual application too. Uh, the second thing is, if you want to help with the youth, if you have par- if you have kids, if you have parents, kids, if you have parents, be here. Parents, be here. Be a part of this meeting. Uh, Derek's got some good stuff going on for the year. He's got a calendar, uh, things that you could sign up and be a part of. So uh, just stay and be a part of that and see if you can. It'll take just a few minutes of your time, uh, one time for the year, and and you'll have uh, the calendar and all the things that are kind of going on. Now, I'm not saying that's the only meeting he'll have this year, but uh, it's a, a good one to get started on the year and have your calendar and have everything ready. So I know he'd really appreciate it, and the elders uh, would too. That being said, let's get into the Word, man. I'm ready for this lesson. Acts chapter 4. Everybody turn to Acts chapter 4. That's where we're going to be this morning. But uh, before we get to Acts chapter 4, let me say this. Turn to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 4 is going to be the lesson, but I want to get us in the context with Acts chapter 3. Reading verses uh, 1 and 10. I see a lot of guests here. Uh, I'd like to welcome you here, and I hope that your time that you've spent with us so far has been uh, pleasant. And uh, brethren, if you see somebody that you don't know, hug their neck and show them that you love them and you appreciate them being here, because uh, that's just what we're supposed to do, ain't it? We're supposed to be about uh, love and good deeds and, and showing people that uh, we are Christians. Uh, Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. A little bit of reading, a little bit of setup, and then we'll take off. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankles, his ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with them. Walking, leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. 
So we see Peter, John heading to the temple and they see this lame man by this gate and they heal him. Peter says, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Here was a man who was lame, who couldn't even walk, and it says, immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he got up and he leaped. Think about that. He leaped. He was excited. Could you imagine not being able to walk and then being able to walk? I would probably leap too, right? Isn't that a leap? Like a frog's leap? I would be excited myself. Could you imagine uh, seeing that take place? And now we're not talking about a miracle that was done by Jesus. We're talking about a miracle done by some regular guys, right? So these men, these people continue to follow uh, Peter and John and, and, and they stop. And Peter says... He tells them, by the name of Jesus, he begins to speak to this crowd that's coming with them. And he tells them, uh, by the name of Jesus, the one that you killed, the one that God raised uh, from the dead, by his name. Acts 3.16 says, uh, and his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. yes. The faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. The powerful name of Jesus. It heals, don't it? Physically and spiritually. You know, still to this day, the name of Jesus heals physically and spiritually. Think about when you pray. When you ask for somebody to be healed and you finish your prayer, what do you say? I pray these things in the name of Jesus. I pray these things in your son's most holy name, right? Still to this day, the name of Jesus is powerful. Which brings us to chapter 4. Uh, Peter begins and he continues to preach to them. And let's start in chapter 1, I mean in chapter 4 verse 1. Now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. You remember in Acts 2.38, there was 3,000 that were added to the church that day. Here we see, uh, it says, the number of the men came to be about 5,000. Now, I don't know if women are not included in this or if this is just the men, but here's what I do know. The church was growing. And here's what else I know. That church that those 5,000 people were a part of is the same church that we belong to, brethren. It's the same church. This is the church of Christ right here in the Bible. How comforting that is to know is the church that I belong to 
is not a denomination. The church I belong to is the church in the Bible. Amen to that, huh? So uh, these priests and, and the, the, the Sadducees and, and the captain of the temple, they hear Peter preaching this lesson in Jesus, uh, the resurrection from the dead. You remember the Sadducees, they didn't believe in the resurrection from the dead. So here they were and they hear what the, that Peter's saying and what do they do? They lock them up. It was already close to evening so they went ahead and just put them in jail. But guess what? The power of the word still didn't change the fact that people heard it and they obeyed it and became a Christian. So the next day, so the next day, look at verse 5. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they uh, had set them in the midst, they asked. So here they were. They come together on the next day. They pull Peter and John in their midst, and they're about to talk to them. And they say, By what power or by what name have you done this? Remember, they healed this man. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The man was made whole. The man was healed by the name of Jesus. And the only way, Peter says, that anyone can be saved is through the name of Jesus. Which brings me to my first point. What can we learn from Peter and John? What can we learn from this story? How can we make application to our lives today? Very simple. They were confident. Think about who just stood up in the midst of the Jewish leaders. Think about this for a minute. Peter. Y'all remember Peter? We've talked about Peter before, right? You remember the guy that denied Christ? Denied that he even knew him? Luke twenty-two fifty-nine. 59. The guy says, surely this fellow also was with him, for he's a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I don't even know what you're saying. <laughs> he said, I don't even know what you're saying. And what happened? The rooster crowed and the Lord immediately looked at him. And then he remembered what the Lord had told him. Before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. So Peter leaves and weeps bitterly because of what he did. Now think about that. This Peter... 
stands in front of the high priest. He stands in front of the elders. He stands in front of the Jewish leaders. And he tells them, the way that this man was healed was by Jesus. You remember the one you crucified? You remember the one that God raised from the dead that you don't believe in? And here's another deal. The only way that anybody can be saved is through his name, through that guy. That's encouraging to me, brethren. And here's what else is so encouraging to me about this story. Look at verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness, now when these leaders saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. Think about that. These men were, they understood, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained. What does that mean for us, brethren? That means that we don't have to be scholars. That means that we don't have to have a doctorate degree in biblical studies to be able to tell somebody about Jesus. Amen? What it means is Jesus can use anybody even people that deny him. Catch this. Has anyone in here ever sinned? Has anyone ever, uh, anybody in here ever uh, uh, done something contrary to God's word? Hey, guess what Jesus did for us? He knocked that excuse out of the way. He knocked that excuse out of the way. I can't stand here and say, well, I can't go tell somebody about Jesus because I'm a sinner. Well, hey, guess what? I am too. But guess what? I no longer walk according to the flesh. I walk according to the Spirit. And when I sin, I can ask for forgiveness and I can continue to go down the road of righteousness. It's exactly what Eric talked about last night. We have the decision that we have to make in our lives whether we're going to do the right thing or not. But it doesn't mean that you have to be some very, very smart person to go tell somebody or show somebody Jesus. But the question becomes, do you want to? Think about Peter. He could have thrown in the towel. He could have never thought about Jesus again after what he did. But he didn't. And here he was, standing in front of these religious leaders, the most powerful men in Israel. And he tells them the only way that anybody can be saved, the only way that this man was healed is by the name of Jesus, the guy you killed. Man, that takes some guts, don't it? That takes some guts to be able to stand in front of somebody and say, you know that guy you killed. These leaders were astonished that these uneducated men were able to stand boldly in front of others and proclaim Jesus. You might say, well, Matt, these guys were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit, Matt. They had the power to perform miracles, Matt. 
We can't do that today. It was so much easier for them back then to be able to uh, proclaim Jesus and do those things. We can't do that today. Yes, you're right. We haven't been baptized with the Holy Spirit. I don't have the ability, and you don't either, to, to do miraculous things. You don't have the ability to speak in tongues, to raise somebody from the dead. But what was the point of the miracle? What was the point of them doing the miracle? Was it not to show the power of God? Was it not to point people to Jesus? <laughs> Think about this. Was that not the point? Here he was, he heals a lame man, and he says in the name of Jesus, and then he goes to these religious leaders, and what does he talk about? The name of Jesus. Which brings me to my second point. What can we learn from Peter and John? Their actions were evident. Look at what it says. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus and seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. The man who was healed was standing next to him. He was standing right there. The one that they all knew that was by the beautiful gate, that was always asking for money, that couldn't get up and walk, was standing next to Peter and John. They couldn't deny it. There was no way to deny that this miracle had happened. So they kick them out of the council for a minute. They take them out of their midst. They talk amongst themselves. What are we going to do? <laughs> now think about that. What was the point of the miracle? To point somebody to Jesus. And guess what? They missed it. Again. They missed Jesus. And now they miss another opportunity. Brethren, don't miss Jesus in your life. He's coming. He's helping He's with you. He's giving you opportunities. They couldn't say that the miracle didn't happen. We know that the miracle happened. Verse 16 says, It is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, we can't deny it. And I want to read verse 17 just one more time. I hadn't even read it. Let me read it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. You want to know why the number one reason why we don't go and proclaim with boldness Jesus to others? You want to know why? I figured it out. 
is because Satan is winning the battle. (laughs) Point blank. Satan puts doubt in our minds that we can't do it. We don't have the abilities like the apostles. It was made easier for them to preach Jesus because they were given abilities, right? Brethren, I read this verse almost every week. But it's a verse that we must stand on and be confident in. 2 Peter 1.3 tells us that we have everything that we need which pertains to life and godliness right here. I can be successful in anything by looking into this thing right here. How to help somebody. How to help myself. How to heal my weaknesses spiritually. How to pray for people who are weak physically. I have everything that I need right here in God's Word. We have the keys to be saved and we have the keys to have a life that's pleasing to God. We right now, all of us, have the ability to change people's lives. Seriously. Not just me, every single one of us. But we have to be willing to do these things right here. Want to read God's Word and understand it and then go live it and teach it. That's the key. But why don't we? I don't know much about the Bible. I'm not that good at talking to others about spiritual things. I haven't been a Christian that long. I don't know what to say. I don't even care really. People know who I used to be and how I used to act. I'm too old. Or I'm too young. Etc., etc. Brethren, we can't be hoodwinked by Satan and his schemes. Ephesians 6.11 says, Put on the whole armor of God. He's talking to brethren. Beloved brethren that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Satan wants to trick you. Satan wants you to think that you can't do anything to benefit the kingdom of God. Seriously. Especially after reading this story, he wants you to think that because these men had the power to heal people, we can't even get close to something like that. So why try? Why even try, man? I tried it a couple of times. People weren't trying to hear it. So you know what? Why even try? I stand before you this morning telling you that that is a straight up lie. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, Matt, how can I do it? Make your actions evident. What actions? Well, if you're a child of God and you walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh, when you go out into the world, are these attributes something that's evident in your life? 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Galatians 5.22 Do we as Christians today have the ability to perform miracles? No. That went out a long time ago. But brethren, we have the ability to perform these fruits of the Spirit. Catch it all the time to everyone that we come in contact with. Maybe you're wondering why someone isn't coming to an understanding of the truth like you think they should. Well, how are you treating them? Are you showing the fruit of the Spirit? Are you dedicated to want to show them the fruit of the Spirit? Do you even know what the fruit of the Spirit are? Are you showing others that you're different? Are you long-suffering when someone does you wrong? Are you having self-control when that person at work says something that they shouldn't to you? Are you kind and watching for people that are having a bad day? Think about that. Are you looking for people who are having a bad day so you can go over there and make their day? So you can talk to them with kind words. So you can sit down next to them and have a gentle attitude. A gentle attitude. That's hard for me, ain't it? Have a gentle attitude. Or maybe just be there for them. This is how we're bold as the apostles were. I'm not that smart, brethren. I tell you all this all the time, but it's the truth. But I know I can step into the world with boldness and confidence and see a person and give them a hug and say, you know what? I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. If you need something, let me know. And I'll be there for you. And then when the opportunity comes, guess what I can do? I can talk about Jesus. I can talk about the name above all names, just like Peter did. I can be bold in my actions. I can be bold in the way I talk about Jesus when I have the fruit of the Spirit leading me to do it. It's beautiful. Any way that can bring them closer to the name of Jesus, that's my focus. But we've got to get ourselves to that point to know that we can, we, you, individually can shine light to others. Think about one of the fruits of the Spirit. Being faithful, and I'm about done. Just hang with me, brethren. Being faithful. When you're faithful and wanting a relationship with the Lord, I'm not talking about just going through the motions. I'm talking about actually wanting to have a faithful and real relationship with the Lord. When you have that, and you dedicate your, hey, you know what, it's New Year's. Some of y'all probably have great faith in here. I'm going to ask y'all to do something for me. One of your New Year's resolutions, have better faith. 
Be more faithful to the Lord. Dedicate your life to being the most faithful child of God you can be to Him. Because when you're faithful and you're doing what the Lord says in your life, it can't help but pour out on others, can it? If I'm doing God's will, it can't help but pour out on others because it's on my mind all the time. They see what your priorities are. No, I can't do that. They see the way you act and the way you handle tough situations. Can you perform a miracle? Can you heal someone? No, you can't. But your actions can draw somebody to somebody who can. (laughs) Your actions and the way you act can draw you to somebody who can save anybody. One of my favorite areas of Scripture, Jeremiah 27 through 11. I just want you to listen to this. Jeremiah had a hard time preaching the Word to the people of Israel. They didn't want to hear it. Jeremiah 27 through 11, he says, O Lord, you induced me, and I was persuaded. You are stronger than I. I have prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocks me. For when I spoke, I cried out, I shouted, violence and plunder. Because the word of the Lord was made to me a reproach and a derision daily. Folks was just making fun of him. Then I said, I will not mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. I won't do it anymore. I just won't do it. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back and I could not. For I heard many mocking, fear on every side, report, they say, and we were reported All my acquaintances watched for my stumbling, saying, perhaps he can be induced. Then we will prevail against him and we will take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty, awesome one. Think about that. The Lord is with me like a mighty, awesome one. Brethren, we don't serve a God who's weak. We serve a God who's mighty and awesome and powerful. Don't you want to tell somebody about that? Don't you want to tell somebody that they can be a child of a God who loves them so much? Which brings me to my last point, and it's really quick. Look at verse 18. So they called them and commanded them to not speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot speak the things, but we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. What can we learn from Peter and John? 
They couldn't help but talk about what they'd seen and what they'd heard. John 20, 30, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of His disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing you may have life in His name. John 21, 25, And there are also many other things that Jesus did which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. They saw some stuff. They saw some stuff. These men walked with Jesus and were taught by Jesus. And what's so encouraging to me as a Christian is the reason why I can do what I do is because I believe in this book. I believe everything in this book is true. Amen? And if I believe that everything in this book is true, somebody really got healed. In this story. And I also believe that if I believe in this book, that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. And I also believe because I've seen people change. I look out amongst the brethren. I've seen things that I can't explain. I look in the crowd and see people that when I first met them, they've grown so much spiritually. And it encourages me. When I think about where I've come from, And where I am today, I know God is real. I know God is good. And I can't help but talk about that. I'm so encouraged by this story of Peter and John because I realize I can play a part in the kingdom. And so can you. I can be effective when I go into the world and proclaim Jesus by the way I act and by the way I talk. And you can too. The question is, will you? Does it even matter to you? Is it even that big of a deal to you? Hey, I'm saved. I'm good, right? I don't need to do anything else except be here. Will you allow Satan to keep you down? Will you allow Satan to keep you hoodwinked? Or will you step out and become evident, evident, brethren, to all those around you because of what you've seen and what you've heard? The Lord is with us. He's mighty and He's awesome. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. Maybe if you had to think about your life, maybe you aren't doing like you're supposed to do. Maybe you need to repent. Maybe you need the prayers of the saints. You can do it right now. You can come forward. You can ask for the prayers. You can Maybe you've done something publicly that you're ashamed of and you need to bring it before the church and let them pray for you. And you need to repent. But maybe you're here and you're not a child of God. Maybe you're here and, and you ain't never heard how to be saved. I'm not going to tell you how to be saved according to what I think. I want to tell you how to be saved according to what the Bible says. See, that's the comforting thing. I can tell you how to be saved through the Bible. The Bible says 
that he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Well, what do you got to believe? Who he was, that he came from heaven, that he came to earth, he lived and he died on a cross, he was buried and he rose again for us, for our sins. The Bible also says, Jesus in Luke 13, 3, said, unless you repent, you'll all perish. Repent means to turn from that way of life. Turn from that old, uh, wretched man. Maybe you're not that bad of a person, but guess what? Outside of Jesus, you are a bad person in his eyes. Not because you're a bad person, because you have sin in your life. When you turn and you turn away from that, you turn towards him, then you'll also be willing to confess because you understand who Jesus is. He's the Son of God and you would confess it before anybody. And then be baptized in water for the remission of your sins. Acts twenty two sixteen says, and Why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. And then live a life faithful unto death. That's how you become a child of God. If you want your sins forgiven, if you want to be saved, if you need to repent, if you need prayers, whatever you need, come right now. It's together we stand and sing.